What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with, for the first time in about 36 months, Mr. Leo Grimaldi. How are you doing today, yo, sir? Yo, yo. I just finished uh, shopping at Shrek Department Store, so uh, I figured I'd uh, bring some I, I heard their latex is really good in there. <laughs> uh, and joining us for the first time in, I don't even remember how many months, I'm going to go three years, Mr. Guy yeah. is bowling. How you doing today, bud? What's up? It feels good. It's almost like like coming back home a bit. This is awesome. I know, right? Yeah, like Welcome it, home, G. <laughs> I know. It's like we. I've gotten to like you know you were on our podcast for the Friday Thirteenth episode we did, and then like we kind of with the whole League of Cinephiles thing, we've kind of been like bumping into each other again. So it's nice to kind of get back to this. It's really cool. Like, yeah, no, for sure. I'm glad. I'm very happy to have you on, especially with Leo, since I know I don't think you guys did that many together back back then, right? Uh, we did a few. I remember. Oh. I remember. I remember totally like syncing up with G and his love of like the music scores. So I remember a couple of those things. We, we kept like coinciding on some of those episodes. Yeah, um, this, yeah, I do this, remember that. This should be fun because the episode that G is returning for is the 30th anniversary of one of my favorite Batman films, one of the most ridiculous Batman films of all time. Batman Returns, celebrating his 30th anniversary this year. Um, we're gonna break down everything what's age the best what's age what's age the worst and boy do i have a lot to cover there <laughs> should be a fun one uh before we get into that let's get into the, some of the news of the week uh yeah so top gun maverick becomes the first film to gross a billion dollars and also becoming tom cruise's first billion dollar film what surprises you more leo that it's the first billion dollar film of the year over a marvel film or that it's tom cruise's first billion dollar film Tom Cruise's first billion-dollar film—that surprised me way more. I think that this movie appealed to so many demographics that it doesn't shock me that it was the first since the pandemic. But that it's his first ever is crazy to me. I I concur. G, what do you think? Yeah, that, that actually surprised me the most too. I actually was more surprised when like uh, when it surpassed like his domestic best earner, like when it topped War of the Worlds. I was like, War of the Worlds was his like biggest movie in the states <laughs> i was like, really surprised it was, yeah i was really surprised it was that like you know he seems like he's done so much he's done so many successful movies that i really thought that he had kind of gotten to this milestone already and then when i looked at when i looked it up i was like no he hadn't um but good that it's for this and for something that like everyone seems to really be enjoying like i haven't seen like a mainstream movie like this like hit the way it has it's not like a marvel movie or like mm-hmm. you know something like that and I would think it's the first, if I, if I remember correctly, it would be the first billion dollar property that's not comic book since Fast, uh, Fast Seven, Fury Seven, and Jurassic World. Probably. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that would, yeah probably. Yeah. And it's, which, well, which, was, which was the highest grossing of the Mission Impossibles? I think it's um, oh. the last one, Fallout. Yeah, I think uh, globally it is. And I, I suspect that the new ones is going to cross a billion when it comes out, especially if it's the last two for him. But yeah, very exciting. I love it's my number three of the year. I love the movie, so I'm very happy to see its success. Uh, this one, I'm very curious to your thoughts because I'm not really big on this animated film, but Hercules is getting a live action f- <laughs> remake with Guy Ritchie as a director. Um, 
<laughs> I I don't really love Hercules to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> are they running out of stuff? I think uh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have like three left, don't they? They have Bambi and Peter Pan. I think other than Bambi and Peter Pan, I don't know what else they got. Ironically, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I actually am more friendly in my liking of ones that aren't based on classics because I don't really feel Hercules is a classic. I like more of the, like the Jungle Book. I that's still my favorite of the bunch. Um, so yeah, what do you think, Leo? What are your thoughts? Um, so I, I'm more I'm more about the Guy Ritchie part of this because I love I do like Guy Ritchie movies. Um, and I like Guy Ritchie's first venture into the Disney world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think he's like he's he's gonna. I hope he does well. Um, and I hope he continues this friendship with him and Disney going forward. Um, I think they're just. Just gonna keep remaking everything until they stop making money. So it's gonna keep happening. Might as well just enjoy it. Agree. What do you think, G? Yeah, we're getting the fox in the hound for sure, right? I can't <laughs> they're wait. Like, oh, <laughs> they're can't gonna go wait. Their, they're gonna go through their whole catalog. Actually, I'm I'm okay with it because I actually didn't mind because uh, he directed Aladdin, and I thought that was fine. Same I, here. My expectations, my expectations for that were pretty low, so I was Same like pretty surprised that it turned out as well as it did. Um, I'm all. About, I'm not a fan of the animated one though i mean and and then people that are fans of it they get really like triggered when they're like yeah it's not that good and they're like what like all the songs man like yeah i don't remember anything about it so <laughs> <laughs> at all so yeah i mean you guys can have that one if you guys want hercules that whole back end from them i think it was like pocahontas hunchback hercules i just don't like that's that. rough that's a rough yeah. run <laughs> and pinocchio looks awful oh it does. It does really bad it's it's uh, funny because I I won't name the person on here, but there's someone on my letterbox that has seen he we, I know he's seen certain new releases because he logs them on letterbox and he has a ranking of it and Pinocchio is ranked like near the bottom of his of his list. Um, yeah. yeah, the the most exciting one and G just to bring it back to 2016. Um, his number th- two of the year is Babylon. So I'm like I'm like so <laughs> yeah. so 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 excited. Uh, but yeah, this should be a interesting one when it comes out and i agree with both of you guys i think aladdin showed that it could be somewhat decent uh yeah if you're a fan of game of thrones we're getting more game of thrones <laughs> if you're a fan of john snow we're getting more john snow <laughs> so there's a john snow you know we asked for it i guess a john snow sequel series coming i don't know yeah i is, is it a buddy cop comedy <laughs> what is it gonna be uh leo what do you think well i think what surprises me the most is one I think the books still haven't finished. I don't think that the book franchise has actually gotten to their ending yet. So um, the basis for this is, I think, Kit Harrington was the one that pitched it. He's the one that said, I want to do this and pitch the whole concept and the, the director the one he wants to work with. I so, get like, it. He's like, he's like, I'm never getting Eternals 2. I might as well get, exactly. I might as well get some of my money. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, he looked at the reviews and were like, yeah, this isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take forever to me, for me to get back I might as well do a TV show. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> what do you think, G? Um, I mean, like what Leo said, I think what intrigued me the most is that he pitched the idea. And cause Amelia, Amelia Clark actually talked about it in an interview as well, that like this is something that he came up with and i think that makes it interesting that he's kind of willing mm-hmm. to jump back jump back into it because i know he talked about when that show was wrapping up that he kind of when it was over he kind of went through a little bit of a i want to call it depression but i guess that's like the best way to put it like it, you know the just the stress of doing the show and then like you know and then everyone's reaction to the 
that final season, like he kind of like dealt with a lot in terms of his like you know mental well being. But if he's in a place now where he wants to revisit it, I mean, more, more power is a good idea. I'm I'm for it. If, yeah, if the I'm idea with- is good. I'm with you. I'm also not one of those. Uh, I don't think you guys were either that fully hates the ending of Game of Thrones. It could have been better, but it's not the worst thing like we've ever seen. On, yeah, you know, it's no Dexter. Yeah, I, I wasn't starting a. I wasn't. I wasn't starting a petition like some fans like redo the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm like people are so forgetful of like how incredible like those first like even seven seasons were. Like, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, the next bit of news, I love Dune. It was my number two of the year last year. It's great to see Austin Butler there, Christopher Walken there, Florence Pugh there, and now we get Leia Sadu joining the cast of Dune 2. Uh, is Dune 2 going to win Best Picture next year? It's going to be uh, – can you imagine Dune 2 versus Oppenheimer versus Barbie for Best Picture <laughs> next year? I like I like the hot take where Barbie the Best Picture yeah. is. Am I nuts though, G? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I mean, you know what's funny? When they released the picture of uh, first her and then Ryan Gosling, I was like, "Man, this is about to be like the surprise like hit." We don't like it. And mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think people see it coming, really, because I think they kind of assume it's going to be kind of stupid. And like, but the writers and directors behind it are like so good. It can't. It's not just going to be like this regular thing. It's not going to be like, a, yeah. So like, I wouldn't be. That'd be kind of. It'd be fun to kind of see it in that conversation. I agree. At least for original screen. You can come back to the city Yeah, for sure. You can come back to the You said it here first. But but in terms of the Leia Sadu thing, I love I love her. I think she's great. She's one of the only things I liked in Crimes of the Future. Uh, so I'm glad to see her on board. And yeah, Crimes of the Future, Leo. We haven't talked in a while. It's my most disappointing film of the year. I, I know, I, man. I remember, I, I remember you were souped about it too. I left my press screening, Leo, and I almost cried. And the publicist asked me. She's like, "Oh, what, so what did you think?" And I was like, "Well." It's not awful. Oh, that's the worst. And that's the, the worst. The funniest thing is, <laughs> you, you leaving crying is like they were prepared for people leaving the screening, but for completely different reasons. I've, ne- you know, what? I blame myself on this whole crime is the future thing because it was, it was my, I think my number ten or eleven most anticipated film of the year. Cronenberg was talking about we're going back to the old days. And I'm like, mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Don't it doesn't have to be the fly, but how about Crash? Like that's a nice medium. And then we get what we got, and I'm like. All right, man. Whatever. I guess I blew my load on yeah. anticipation because that that didn't work for me. But yeah, in terms of this, I do like the casting. Have you seen anything of hers, Leo? No, no, no. I haven't seen anything of hers. I, I did read a few reviews on on uh on crimes of the crimes of the future. Yeah. Um. So I know her performance that did, did, did stand out, considering all the disappointments of the Cronenberg fans. Uh, but no, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I don't know if GSC news, but if if I can recommend some um, outside of the double, she's been in the last two Bond movies. Um, she's really good in both of them. But uh, blue is the warmest color is what I would recommend. If, okay. Yeah. Uh, and G, I, I haven't seen. It. Any thoughts on her? Uh, you know, she's I I like her a lot. I mean, the stuff I've seen her in, and I I just actually think that it rounds out a really good cast of like the the new people they're adding, and then of course the people that are carrying over from that first movie um i really you know i would love to see dune uh like if it can pull like a lord of the rings like you know Mm -hmm. this this is like their like really good part this is where all the meat of the story is and this is the one that wins best picture that'd be really cool to see like i like i'd like even seeing the first one and like being nominated for best picture i mean of course all the awards they won were like all the technical ones yeah like uh but you know yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to i mean a lot of my friends that saw dune were disappointed because they weren't aware that they 
kind of split it up. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. it ended, when it ended the way it did, they were like, uh, first of all, they were like, we sat through a really long movie to not have a completed <laughs> uh, film. And then they kind of, and then I kind of was like, well, I was on you guys. You should have did your research. And they were like, sure, we all can't be you. <laughs> like, we had no idea. <laughs> it's it's true. Like I, I'm surprised it's but so. Yeah I, yeah, I loved it. It's I thought it was like a visual feast. Uh, yeah, it's I'm excited for. I do I do agree with you. I think it could be a Return of the King. Like let's get Denis his Oscar. Yeah. Let's get a Best Picture. It could be a good one. Now I'm leaving the last news topic for Leo. Leo's a Marvel guy on this podcast. <laughs> Leo knows everything. And Leo, <laughs> I have a question for you. Did you know Craven loves animals? I mean, I should have known. I fought myself for that. I figured him wearing the animal skins was because he wanted to hunt them. Now I know it's because he just loves animals. Yep. What do you go ahead, Leo? Do you want you want to let everyone know here? I mean, I mean to everyone that's been listening ever since I was working with G on this podcast. Sony has been doing this. So, I mean, it's not surprising <laughs> that specifically for G's return <laughs> to Real Chronicles, Sony went Sony. <laughs> And yeah, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I guess, on an interview described that Craven the Hunter is the a classic anti-hero. He's Spider-Man's number one rival. He's an animal lover and protector of animals, and that's the direction they're going with this character. So you you know what the biggest takeaway I got from all that was not what he said about him as Craven the Hunter. The fact that he called himself Spider-Man's number one villain <laughs> was the big LOL. Of yeah. It all. Like yeah, I got. I have nothing to add to that, but Chi, uh, do you have anything to add? I, I'm like disappointed. Well, I mean, I, I shouldn't expect much because unless Sony has an assist for Marvel, they tend to be really bad. Um, but like, I was like kind of on board with this because Craven is a pretty cool character, I think, like in the comic books. Definitely. Like, I think it's like what Craven's Last Hunt is like one of like one of the better like Spider Man stories. Like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And then I get this quote from him, and I was like, uh, they're going the complete opposite direction of where they should be going. And I would just hope when like, you know, but no one's smart in Sony. So I would just hope once a story like that gets out and they see everyone on Twitter going like, no, this is not what he is, that they maybe go like, hey, uh, maybe we should like change that up because everyone else says this is not the way to go. Yeah. I, uh, but, you I know, they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't learn. They didn't learn from Morbius either. I mean, like they, like, they thought it was cool. They thought it was cool to re-release it because they saw everyone posting memes about it on Twitter, like that. Those those are people you're working with. So it's wild, <laughs> and it's Everyone's wild. An antihero. Everyone's yep. an antihero in the Sony. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. I mean, we're gonna yeah. talk about it in a little bit on what we watch, but like that's the one thing you can. However you feel about the series, the one thing I'll give uh, Disney credit for is they didn't try to make Vader an antihero. He was a badass. He was villainous, and they they just let it be what it is. They weren't trying to rehash. Yeah. You know, I I I. I it's wild that Sony is a studio that got a Best Picture win in terms of animated feature before Marvel got a Best Picture win in anything. It's just like really hilarious that that's the studio. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I yeah, we'll see what happens here. And yeah, that's all the news. Uh, let's. It's been a while, Leo. So I know you probably have a few things you want to talk about here. <laughs> so what have you been watching lately? Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, it has been a while. I ended up going through like a Star Trek binge to catch up on all the CBS content. So Strange New World, um, the the one, um, they, the two animated series that they have now. Um, I ended up watching Norseman. So that was that was dope. Um, very very cool. Very um, it 
if you get a chance on, on Netflix, there's a series called The Last Kingdom, which deals with very similar type of content. Um, and it also feels like a better Game of thrones e approach to this kind of content. Um, but Norseman was very much very well aligned to that. Norse mythology is awesome. Uh, but more more recent stuff, The Boys. I'm all caught mm-hmm. up and just caught up on Hero Gasm this past week. <laughs> um, that did not disappoint whatsoever. So, so good, <laughs> right, man? Oh my gosh, yeah. For anyone that watches The Boys, this episode I felt as one of like the strongest episodes of the series, um, even with season one and season two. Um, I think Jansen Ackles is killing it as Soldier Boy. Um, I ended up watching um, We Own This City. Um, which I know that uh, JC had been telling me to watch for a while since yep. I am a fan of uh, of The Wire. Didn't disappoint. I think um, uh, Barenthal was amazing in it. Um, the Obi-Wan finale, which I have a feeling the three of us will probably discuss in a little. Um, I ended up binging uh, Umbrella Academy. I thought, te- I thought the season was really, really strong. Um, not as strong as season two, but I did like, like towards the end, it kind of like, lost a little bit of direction but the at least the ending left it for me to be intrigued to see where it's going um and i'm enjoying watching ms marvel i think ms marvel is a really cute uh charming type of show um that that's it's i think it's doing more for the mcu than the movies have been doing i i i don't i don't disagree with you leo I don't disagree with you at all. <laughs> after after how I feel about Moon Knight, I'm glad Miss Marvel's around. I'll say that. <laughs> Gee, do you have anything? Any highlights you wanna you wanna throw out there? Uh, well, I watched. Well, I saw the Black Phone again over the weekend. I had seen it uh, back in October at Beyond Fest, and was so excited to talk about it for so long when it had, like, I think, a January release date, and then they pushed it back. So it was finally nice to like be able to see it and like get to talk about it with like other people. Uh, now that it's out, um, I really, I, I just really thought it was. I think you mentioned it too that you said like the black phone and like X were like your two, yeah, like, those are my two. So far, and that's I feel the same way. They're both really good, and like I thought this was handled really well. Ethan Hawke, who really doesn't play roles like this like, ever, uh, was so damn good in this. Like genuinely, like creeped me out. And I also thought the two kids were really good. Like I think they carried that movie like all. I don't want to say all on their own because they do have like the support from him, but like you know they're like the heart and soul of it, and uh, they did a really good job. And I I also want to shout out the score for that movie because the score was really really good, like got under my skin a bit. Agreed. Um, and and it was cool seeing it in a packed theater. Like it was like I saw it uh, a Thursday night uh, preview night, and it was full, and uh, everyone was like reacting really well to it. And I'm yeah, just looking at the box office numbers, it actually overperformed a bit this weekend. So. That's nice to see nice. as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. What do you No, I was going to say, I, I was going to agree with you on the black phone. I, I'll talk about it a little bit more in a, in a second, but I agree. I loved it. And then I also uh, uh, caught up on the boys. So I got the first five episodes when I had to do interviews uh, for them. And I went like blasted through all those. And then in the email they sent, they were like, oh, we'll send you the remaining episodes shortly. And I'm just like, <laughs> checking my, I'm checking my email every day. I was like, where are they? I'm like, I, sh- I should watch along with everyone else, but I kind of want to watch ahead of everyone else. And it took forever for this in the last three, but like, ah, they finally did. It's just so good. And like, I think you were reaching like what I loved about the Hero Gasm episode, like in general. Because uh, I think it's the best episode they've done across the three seasons that they've had yeah. so far. But what I love about this show is that, 
it's irreverent and there's all this ridiculous stuff going on. But at the same time, the narrative and the character arcs are moving in a really like mm-hmm. significant pace. Like it's like really like smart the way they do it. So like, yeah, you, you can have all that absurdity, but it doesn't work if like the characters aren't working either. The story's not working. And they managed to do both. And I think that's really hard to do. Um, but somehow they've gotten that right. You're totally and, right. Uh, they've they've done it, more with six episodes than like complete Disney series have done with with their six episodes. You're totally right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, then, and I I just love and I just love that cast. Like I love like following that cast on Instagram is actually a lot of fun too. They all <laughs> seem like they, really, they all really get along. They all kind of troll and make fun of each other. They also really love each other. So it's it seems like you could just tell like the genuine like chemistry they have like on that show it, you can like feel it and um i also uh, i wasn't gonna watch ms marvel because i was afraid of how like kitty it might be but it is pretty enjoyable and light and a lot of fun so far um and uh, i'm blanking on the lead girl's name but she's really really good I, I was watching uh interviews that she was doing i had no idea that she was just like a fan yeah really this is like her first professional like acting gig and she is a marvel like super fan and like for her to kind of have this moment now to like have her own show and then like she'll be in the Marvels as well. Like like she has a pretty bright future ahead of her and that, and that is really cool to see, I think. And also like so far, like cause usually with shows like this, I'm always waiting for like the social media, like someone to like troll it or make fun of it. And I haven't really seen a lot of that. It's been kind of like a, a bit more positive than I thought it was gonna be, and that's nice to see because it can usually go the other way around. Yeah. I think Obi. I think Obi Wan has been keeping them focused on uh, on any on the <laughs> media bashing. <laughs> yeah, ironically. Right, they've been, they've yeah, been too busy focused on. <laughs> ironically, at least the finale seems to be well received by mostly everyone. But that series is. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, anything else, G? Oh, I watched uh, uh, Hustle with uh, the Adam Sandler oh, on Netflix. Ooh. It's good, right? It is good. I you know I I, I don't know why when it got announced I assumed it was going to be like. A t- like one of his comedies or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I uh, it was gonna be that. Um, and then when I started, like, saw the trailer. I was like, "Oh, this is like serious." Kind of. And he was good. I like. I like. I mean, it was good to see him play like just like a, a normal kind of like every man a bit because like even like his other serious stuff like Punk Struck Love or Uncut Gems, like those characters are still kind of like a little over the top in their own right. Yeah. And to kind of see him play someone like completely normal uh, was really nice to see. And it also, it just drives home, like, when he really wants to, like, try and, like, act and, like, he can do it. Yeah. And, I'm, like, I'm you know, he, but he, I mean, I know, yeah, I know, like, his, like, most of his money comes from, like, the absurd stuff he does. <laughs> but, like, at, at this point of his career, I would love to see him keep doing stuff like this. I, I concur. It'd be nice to see more Alrighty, and then for me, uh, I had the misfortune of watching Spiderhead, and spoiler alert, it's not as good as Top Gun Maverick. Uh, <laughs> very, very interesting premise, but the movie is not just a slog, it is, I don't think it's very good at all. Um, I saw this cute movie with Jenny, Jerry and Marge Go Large. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's actually, I mean, it's nothing... It's nothing. It's not Citizen Kane or anything, but it's it's a movie about a guy who's retired and he figures figures out the math formula to win the lottery, and it follows his story. And it's based on a true story, so it's it's Brian Cranston, um, I think Annette Bening. So yeah, it's really solid stuff. Um, 
I saw season two, and I can actually talk about it, of Only Murders in the Building. And nice. um, it is... <laughs> oh, it's, I think it's just as good as the first season. I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was worried, I was worried with the pause. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's really good. I was, I was very surprised how much I liked it because I was wondering... After season one, I'm like, hmm, I wonder, like, where did they... What could they possibly do? And they expand on the universe, and they have some character reveals that are really interesting. Um, I will say Selena Gomez has been really good this season. She was really good. You know what's crazy is that I, that is the trifecta we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, I, like, when I first saw that announcement, I was like, that's interesting. Like, and like, because she's not, I mean, I've seen her in other stuff. She's not a bad actress by any means. But like, I was surprised that like, they have really good chemistry together, and like they're funny together, and like even in the interviews they do for the show, like they're really good together. Yeah, they like, do. Would... <laughs> I'm good with you, them. and I and obviously it's there's no shock that Martin Short and Steve Martin are just hilarious. Like they're they're, and I I won't spoil any of the cameos because there are some fun cameos. But I got to say the charisma vacuum that is Cara Delevingne or whatever, however you pronounce her last name, <laughs> she 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 does she does not ruin the show. She's like she. She has an interesting arc, um, and she's yeah. They know that too much too much screen time would just suck the energy out of out of <laughs> out of uh, out of the room. So she's even even with those three on stay on screen, it's like it's still it's not, it's not. Oh man, I've never heard anyone call her a charisma vet. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, remember that period where everyone, when they were trying to make her a thing? They were like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. she's in everything. It reminds me, G. It reminds me. It, it feels like every this every person I'm going to mention it was this was in this era. It was her, Scott Eastwood, and yep. um. Oh my yeah. god, it was, yeah. to a to an extent, Army Hammer. Like, Army Hammer. Oh yeah. But yeah, that oh. yeah. But outside of her, I mean, you know, the show's the show's fantastic. Um, what else can I talk about that I've seen? Uh, oh, I saw the Black Phone. Like I meant, like G mentioned. Uh, it's G. I mean, Leo. I know you don't really love horror movies but i highly recommend this it's not really scary it's very creepy Honestly, very creepy just, the, just the, in the trailer just seeing ethan hawk i'm like i want to see this just for ethan hawk like he seems very anti-ethan hawk <laughs> that's true that is for sure they do a very good job of and I, I don't know if g agrees of making keeping him away for a good amount of time he's not on screen yeah. the whole time but when he is on it is it is it is impactful the best for me, the creepiest moment is has no dialogue. It's just him sitting in a chair with a belt. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's fucking creepy. Yeah. That's so oh, that's creepy. That movie, that movie really works for me too because throwing out like the like the supernatural element of it. Like if you watch a lot of like true crime docs that kind of take that talk about stuff mm-hmm. in the seventies, like child abductions like that were very much a real thing in certain like cities and stuff and that part of the movie creeped me out the most and it was like that part is grounded in so much reality mm-hmm. that it it feels like you know like something that could very well happen even the scenario in which he like goes about taking them it feels very real and like that was what got me the most even before the whole thing you know he's so in like the more like supernatural like horror elements of it it's like the realism of that situation that makes that movie work i i concur and then uh Leo Joe Hill wrote it, and that's Stephen King's son. It's based on his short story. Oh, short story. Shoot. So, uh, very, very much uh, following in his pop's footsteps. Uh, and then I saw Elvis. Um, 
the best way to describe Elvis. I went three out of four in my review, so it's not like I gave it a. I went uh, fresh instead of rotten on it. The best way to describe Elvis is it is the fastest paced movie where you feel that it's two hours and forty minutes. Wow. <laughs> like the movie does not stop. I wanted to breathe, and Baz is like, "Nah, dude, you got to hold your breath for two forty. Like it is a lot of movie. There's a scene where Austin Butler's singing that, bro, homie goes through like forty cuts in like three minutes. It's cut, 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 switching from black and white to color. Cut, 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 and I'm like, oh my god. Like it, it's a lot, but I will say Austin Butler is the truth. Like even those people that haven't liked it, I think I it would be a travesty if he doesn't get an Oscar nomination, especially when Rami Malek won the Oscar for not singing and Austin Butler did sing. Um, <laughs> I, we'll see. We'll see in terms of what happens with this movie. It seems like I saw it at a press screening, and then I saw it with like a crowd. There was a lot of like older. Oscar voter type age there. So I can see this movie doing very well in the conversation as we get to the end of the year. Cause I do see, I can't imagine Austin Butler doesn't get in. He could win. He could, could legit yeah, win. Yeah. yeah. He could legit win. And I don't need, I wouldn't even be upset about it. Um, and what else do I have here? Oh, was, uh, yeah. Was Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, I've heard so many great things. So like the, fact, the, fact that they, the fact that D didn't even mention it, I'm like, Oh no, I gotta ask <laughs> it. If there, I don't, I didn't hate this idea of what Baz was trying to do. So the movie's told through his perspective. Like you enter, you enter Elvis's world through Colonel Parker. My, issue with that is that sometimes there's too much Hanks on screen but I think the best way to describe this is while Jared Leto's performance didn't fit in a Ridley Scott movie, this performance fits right at home in a Baz Luhrmann movie <laughs> it's a lot no. it is a lot I I wonder why he chose this that's kind of where I left it I don't think he's awful I think it's extremely miscast that's kind of where where i'm at with that but yeah austin butler this, there's some singular performances that really stand out uh if i can dream be my favorite of the of all the musical sequences in the movie i think that's that's his most like you see the heart in his performance in that movie uh-huh. uh yeah and then think, uh go ahead oh i think it helps that like they, it, they got the full support of the family like priscilla presley yeah. Yeah. Marie, or, like, uh, they were all like I mean, they love they love the movie, but they were just blown away by him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like they felt like they kind of had him back for a little bit. It was like I was watching like a ABC special that they did about Elvis, and then they talked about the movie, and that's what they said it felt like. They felt like they had him back for like those two hours and like forty minutes that they were watching it. And if and that's the endorsement that you want, and I mean more so than critics and all that, like if the family supports it, yeah. like yeah, that's. Has to be a good thing. Yeah, I concur. I I, I think the um, usually I'm very against the family involvement in biopics because you can color, you know, and obviously they do. They don't really touch on the age difference between him and Priscilla. They don't even acknowledge it at all. Um, yeah. They do. I don't think they fully go as deep as I wanted it to, but they did um, dive a little bit into some of Elvis's influence from black artists. Um, mm. but it also shows how much respect he has for for black artists during the era. But it kind of like it's the only way to look at it is like he was the right white guy during the right white time, and like that's. Yeah. But they do. Um. Oh my God, I forgot his name. 
the guy he plays bb king in the movie he's incredible uh there's someone that plays uh little richard man he is electric i fucking love one scene but that scene is so good so damn good uh but yeah uh i recommend it i do recommend it i mean i thought i would be one of the only critics that do that gave it a fresh rating but it's actually certified fresh it's baz lerman's highest rated movie on ron tomatoes so uh yeah is it really important yeah yeah Yeah. i thought people i thought people love moulin rouge moulin rouge is 76 elvis now is at 79 i believe with like because i know the great Gatsby was 48 and uh, (laughs) 48 (laughs) shout out shout out to my lovely pregnant wife jennifer i dare not say anything while you're pregnant but the great Gatsby ain't it, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, so when I had to do the box office predictions for Elvis, I looked back on the great Gatsby and I was like, oh, that opened to fifty million dollars. And I was like, but it had Leo. So I guess like that was like the, the main selling point <laughs> was that it had Leo. I'll, uh, I'll always say I think Leo was very good in the movie, but when I first heard No, no Church in the Wild just pop up in the middle of a movie that takes place in the nineteen twenties, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm it. That's not it at all. <laughs> That's um, like bad thing, dude. He just like he uh, it doesn't take time period, but let's build these like modern day songs. He man. does it. He does it in this one. He uh uh Dojo Cat is all over this, and then there's like <laughs> there's like samples. There's like you have to pay attention, and I I know G likes these artists, and I think you too, you too, Leo. You have to pay attention, but he samples Toxic and a Backstreet's Back as well. <laughs> He's like. You- you guys like this trash. You would know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he said. That's literally what he said. You, t- you two will pay. You can recognize this trash. Like, you literally will have trash. The old folk, the old folk that goes to the movies, no, they have no idea. The young people, it, our, our, our generation, like, 30 to 40 will probably be like, yo, that's toxic. Like, what, what's up? Uh, but, yeah, that's Elvis. And then I also saw The Boys, which, gee, I, I – you didn't know this, but I it took me forever to watch the boys. I just couldn't get into the first season. I was, it took me a while to get through the first season. But like second season I was that's it. I was I was on. I was on. And oh, then um this third third season has been crazy and I'm fully in love with Starlight and I don't care to admit it. She is like <laughs> she is absolutely awesome. Am Aaron, I, Aaron Moriarty, everybody. Let Aaron me ask Moriarty. you guys. That last, guy's zombie, right? <laughs> la, last question on, on the boys. Do you think, because I personally do, that Homelander is the best villain on television right now? Ooh. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what, what's, yeah, what makes him work, though, is that he's, like, multifaceted, though. He's not just bad. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on there. where like like, And that is what makes him interesting. Because, like, there's, he's not just, like, an asshole. He's just not, he's not like, evil. There's a lot, mm-hmm. like, working there. Yeah, like, I, in the, at the beginning of season three, he kind of doesn't know his place, but as far as, like, you know, he, especially when he has to, like, co-lead with uh, Starlight, and he's just like, this is not, he's not something he's not used to, and like, like, kind of release that control like, and stuff. Like, I feel like he's, like, Logan Roy with superpowers. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, and then just a quick Tribeca, because I didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Uh, just going to mention like two or three movies. Uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth. I saw it at Sundance, but also re-saw it at Tribeca. It's one of the best films of the year. I mentioned Black Phone before. Uh, official competition. I mentioned in passing to you, Leo, with mm-hmm. uh, Penelope, Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas. Uh, it's probably my top ten of the year. It's really good. Uh, Ray Romano's directorial debut, Somewhere in Queens. It's excellent. It's I think wow. he has a future in directing. He has, it's very, very good. Uh, I saw a David Lynch documentary where he 
called Lynch Oz, where they um, look at how The Wizard of Oz inspired all his movies, which very interesting. Highly recommend it. Uh, I saw the documentary about Reading Rainbow, Butterfly in the Sky. Uh, Love our Burns, man. He I is. love him. Love him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. I saw <laughs> no, this. No, no, no hate on Blossom. I mean, I like my Biolic, but like, it should be him. I <laughs> and then I saw this horror movie called The Wounded Fawn, by directed by Travis Stevens. Uh, it's really, it's very slow paced, but it's it's really solid. And then um, the only reason I mentioned this is because I didn't know this. I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were this big. I saw this documentary called Billion Dollar Babies: The True Story of the Cabbage, pa- Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> yeah um a lot to a, lo- a lot to take in there oh one more the one of the worst movies of the year corner office with john ham uh yeah i'd i'd rather watch paint dry than ever watch that movie again uh <laughs> all right and that's pretty much it on what we watched so i do have one question what before we get to batman returns what is your favorite film of the first half of 2022 since we're pretty much done with the first half of the year I have, I have mine. Why you guys think? So it's the Batman. Like I, and it has nothing to do with me being quoted on the promotional material. I just, <laughs> happen to, I just happen to like adore. I like happen to like, adore. Talk, <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I adore it. I think it's everything I wanted from a Batman film. Uh, but if I'm gonna throw in love to one more movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, it's such a beautiful film. That pretty much matches mine. I think. I think Leo. that matches my. Oh, yeah. that's great. Are you going to say Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. It was it was funny because I was thinking about it and I was like, I guess because I also have to remember it's movies that came out in 2022, not movies that I watched yeah. in 2022. Because then that would also count some awesome 2021 movies. No, I think it'll be the Batman. The Batman will probably be the, one of, be the best one I've watched so far. Awesome. Please watch everything ever all at once, Leo. It is the best multiverse movie of the year. <laughs> you didn't like Doctor Strange? Uh, I thought it was I what I said on the podcast when we talked about it. I think when Sam Raimi took over, you can tell the first the first like couple of minutes feel like a Derrickson film, and then once Wanda comes in, it kind of feels like there's a lot of Raimiisms in there, a lot of no homages to Evil yeah. Dead. I like that yeah. aspect of it. I think I think my expectations were at a level, and my it's kind of where my frustrations are with Marvel that. Like, Leo and I have talked about this off the line. We've gotten, in 2008 to 2012, we had six movies, and we had an arc set up for Avengers. We're four years into Phase 4, or three years into yeah. Phase 4, and we don't know where the fuck we're going yet. Well, yeah, didn't he say something this week that, like, you'll see it soon? Like, yeah, yeah a couple, it's the, next, the next couple yeah. of months. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does seem like a really, like, it's weird that we haven't set up, like, what the big, like, is going to be yet. Agreed. Like, it's... And- is it is it Kang? Is it Galactus? It, what it, what is it? You know what I mean. I think it should be Galactus, but whatever. I think I think my enjoyment of Doctor Strange had a lot to do with me thinking Elizabeth Olsen is a boss. I just thought yeah, she, she's, I, I, yeah, she's like, awesome. I thought she was great in it, and like I just want I, I love like her kind of her story. Like she's like basically like I signed on for like a couple of these in the beginning, and I don't have like a long term contract with them. It's like when they want to use her they go to her and say, like, we need to use you again. And, like, that's just how, like, I think popular that she's become, like, throughout the course of her run with Marvel. Yeah. And, like, I definitely want to see more of her. 
I I concur. I think he's one of the better characters they have. I I agree one thousand percent. Oh yeah, Leo forgot Obi Wan real quick. Uh, did you see Obi Wan G? I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. All right. No, I, I watched it. Uh, I for me that finale was some of the best Star Wars I've seen in a while. Like, there's a lot of phenomenal. I will never forget. And I uh, I texted Leo like we're after while I was watching. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a Funko Pop. I like. Very very soon, and that's the <laughs> when Obi Wan completely knocks off. You know, the, when you see Hayden's face, and yeah, I love that face, that yeah. that sequence where it, you could take a twofold where he's like, "I you never you didn't kill me, I killed mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker." You can take it as he's letting Obi Wan off the hook, but you could also take it as Vader being like so prideful that he wouldn't even yep. let Obi Wan believe like that he took him down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Qui Gon, uh, pasty pasty mustaches yeah. work. <laughs> I love that man. And he was like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I've, he's like I've always been here. I just, you just haven't been able to see me. <laughs> what a douche move. Like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, justice for Hayden Christensen, though. Good for him. He was good. He was like, very I mean, good. This, this has been like a, I like. He got so much. I guess rightfully so in Attack of the Clones. He wasn't that great in that. But, like, he got so much shit for so long from, like, those fans. And it was so funny, too, like, when he got announced to be in this. And those those very same fans that hated him, I'm pretty sure that they were, like, we're so excited he's back. So because tell us how, like, iffy <laughs> some Star Wars fans are. But it, it's good to see him kind of have this moment. And, like, everyone seems to, like, enjoy him being back for this. And he seems like he really had a really good time. Like, because he, he went full badass. Uh, <laughs> And this as well, so like that was nice to see as well. Yeah, I, uh, I concur. Pretty happy. Yeah, uh, he and he, I know he said I know they both said like they would either like a season two or he would like a he would see it like a Darth Vader like spinoff series. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, um but yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the Darth Vader spinoff series is called. Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, I guess, I guess, like, I guess, in like in the written form, like in the there's books and stuff. There's more, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, uh, I guess they could do that, but there's w- that whole like s- scenario, like, do you keep like rehashing stuff with like the older the Skywalkers? Start doing? Are you start? Are you start doing new stuff? Yeah, because, like I'm with you. Know, we never, re- we never really talked about this in 2019, but like. One of the things I really hated about Rise of Skywalker is that they kind of because we I know we're on different path, different sides on Last Jedi, but they they could have at least just try to finish stick the landing with the stuff that was set up in Last Jedi. Like if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, just go out swinging. And yeah, the fact that they just went back to the Skywalker stuff of it all. And I'm like, you kind of just really did a good job of separating yourself from it and you go right back to it. But in terms of Kenobi, like I I'm with you guys. I think um, Caden was great. Ewan was great. Shout out to Baby Leia. I think she was. I love her. I think she's fantastic. I'm glad that toxic film Twitter kind of changed her tune on her by the end because I thought she was she was adorable. She was fantastic, and she kind of really evoked not just Leia's persona but a lot of Padme as well. Yeah. Um. Any last thoughts, Leo? No, uh, I thought it was. Uh, well, I'm glad you said it stuck the landing. I think the. Episode six was fantastic. I think visually, pacing, storytelling, I think it did really, really good at at closing up a lot of the loops that people were complaining about and setting up for episode four. As a series, um, I would still say Mandalorian season one was probably better than this. Agreed. Um, But this is definitely better than Book of Mandalorian. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that what we're calling uh, it now? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm I remember it more. I remember it more for the last two episodes of that with freaking with Mandalorian than I do for all of the Boba Fett stuff. For sure. All right, so let's get to why we're here, gents. Uh, Batman Returns turns 30 years old. I can't believe. I I feel so old, man. I remember watching this in theaters and just being so hyped. Uh but let's get it right into the production of the film. It's a it's a long one here, so I'll tr- try to bear with me. So. After the success of Batman, Warner Brothers planned for a sequel to start filming in May 1990. Uh, set, set from the previous films were stored at a cost of $250,000 and were planned to be used. Uh, originally, Tim Burry did not want to direct another film in the franchise. He was quoted in saying, I will return if the sequel offers something new and exciting. Otherwise, it's, it's a most dumbfounded idea. Burton decided to do Edward Scissorhands for 20th Century Fox. Sam Hamm delivered the first few drafts of the script while Bob Kane was brought back as creative consultant. Bill Finger, co-creator of Batman, the Penguin and Catwoman, unfortunately, was uncredited for that film. And we find <laughs> out in the documentary why that happened. Um, Ham's script had the Penguin and Catwoman going after hidden treasures. Just wanted to note that um, because that's what we need in a Batman movie. Um, Burton... <laughs> Burton was impressed with Daniel Waters' work on Heathers and brought him in on board uh, to finish th- to finish things up. Waters came up with a social satire that it, an evil mogul backing a bid from the mayor's office by the Penguin, and that turned out to be Max Shrek. Um, Waters was stated, "I wanted to show that the true villains of our world don't necessarily wear costumes, and that's technically true, especially with what we're seeing in the world today." Um, on the characterization of Catwoman, Waters explained, Sam Ann went back uh, to the way comic books in general treat women, like fetishy sexual fantasy. I wanted to start off just at the lowest point in society, a very beaten down secretary. This hurts me, and it's kind of in my age worse, and I hope it's in yours. Harvey Dent was originally in the early drafts and was removed. I know. I, I will never forget forgive them for not giving us Billy D. <laughs> like, I, the over-the-top two-face he could have been. Um, <laughs> and if he shoot, and, he st- and ironically, it would have been great if he starts shooting folks with Coke forty fives in the movie. If he would have turned out to be two faced, um, and then finally, uh, Burton hired Wesley Strick to replace Waters for updated shooting script during principal photography. Strick recalled, "When I was hired to write Batman Returns, the big problem with the script was the Penguin's lack of a master plan." And then Warner presented Strick with with a warming or freezing Gotham City, a plot point they would later use in Batman (laughs) and Robin. (laughs) And that's all I have in the production. The movie was released. Oh, uh, Michael Keaton. I had that in my notes for later and regarding the Marlon Wayne stuff of it all. But Mm -hmm. I also had the the Michael Keaton received a pay bump for this one. Substantial pay bump for him to return. Uh, the movie was released on Ju- June 16, 1992, with a budget of between 65 and $80 million, and it grossed $266 million. Uh, before we get to our next category, I just want to get your thoughts on just the first time, if you remember, when you saw Batman Returns. Lee, I'll start with you here. Oh, dude. Yeah, movie theaters, a little boy, bought the Halloween costume. I would wear the Halloween costume as soon as I got home from school, even if it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> Um, all the McDonald's toys, I was so on board. I know that 89 is always like the, the one that pops to my, to my mind, but it was really returns the one that I remember the most. What do you got G? Yeah. Um, actually 
told the story because we did an episode on Batman Returns as well. And mm-hmm. uh, my mom took myself and four other friends to go see it. And, you know, I think very similar to you, like, my mom didn't really care about the stuff I watched when I was younger. It was, yeah, she knew I knew the difference between, like, fiction and reality. <laughs> but my mom told, told me recently when we were doing research for our episode that she was like, it was the first time I took you guys to the theater where I was like, okay, I'm okay with, like, him seeing this, but I don't know if their parents are okay <laughs> with the fact that I took the seat of this. Because we were like, because it was just so, she was so taken aback by, like, how, like, I mean, of course, it's tame now, but like back then, it was like I thought we were taking you to see a kids movie, <laughs> like it's a comic book movie, and there was just some pretty like stuff in there that she was like, I don't know if it was appropriate for. Her. Yeah, fine for you because you're my kid, but I'm sure like fucking Sean went home and was like, Yo, we saw this movie, <laughs> and like Case and Bob took us to go see it, and uh, this is what happened, <laughs> and it just you know, I I do remember the excitement of seeing it though, because I remember like in the movie movie theater when I was a kid, like, I think it was that first poster that has, like, it's, uh, like, the... Yeah, the, the Batman cat. Yeah. That has, like, so, yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater like before, like, the movie was coming out and, and, like, and there was a ton of excitement around it. Of course, there was, like, you know, the Happy Meal tie-ins, too, so I had, like, all that as well. Um, it's also one of the uh, first, uh, like, VHS tapes, I can't remember, actually, like, receiving as it gets, like, when it came out on VHS. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I had a fun, I had fun with it then. It's interesting looking at it now as an adult. Uh, there's you know, a lot of things stand out with it differently, but yeah, I remember the excitement of seeing it. I loved it as a kid. I knew it was even as a kid, I knew it was very different from that first movie. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, at now like different in its own unique and really good way, though I think. Yeah, I I agree. The first time, same with you guys. I went to the theaters. It was my first Batman film in theaters. Super excited. Uh, thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is not Batman 1989. And where's Vicky Vale? Like, um, but I it was also my it was my second Batman on VHS. I had the way I saw Batman was my mom got me the VHS when it first came out. And I always remember that just a giant black logo, black and gold logo on it. And then this VHS came out. And I'm like, oh, I love it. Cause it's the, like you mentioned G the bat, the penguin and, and the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah I, I've, I've grown. This is in my top probably 10, 15 favorite comic book films of all time. Batman 89 will always have that special place for me, but I, I love this film. There's it's weird. It's, it's, <laughs> there's basically no continuity from the comics, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, because it's like Tim Burton's Batman. That's why it's like a Tim Burton movie first. And I music. noted Burton, <laughs> Burton went more Burton. He just went more Burton yeah. on this one. Yeah, I noted that. Um, uh, I didn't get the actual time, like, but I noted that the villains have more screen time in this movie than Batman. They do, which is pretty funny. Uh, all right, great. So let's get into our next category, which is the trophy room, where we look at some of the awards that this film received nominations. I don't got much here, fellas. We got two Oscar nominations for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup. We got two BAFTA nominations for Makeup and, Vis- and Special Effects. Um, we got a Razzie Award for Supporting Actor. I'm st- uh, Whatever, man. Danny DeVito they was didn't, great. They didn't understand. Yeah. They didn't they understand. understand. It's fine. <laughs> Yo, uh, but on the rewatch, M- Michelle Pfeiffer put in her can, heart and can, soul into that performance, I don't bro. give. I don't care if this is a hot take to many. She should have gotten an Oscar nomination. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, especially if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, like all the stuff that she actually did herself, 
uh, she really went all in on making that character work. And I kind of I kind of agree with uh, Dave on that. That would have been cool to see because she is phenomenal in it. And, and then, not when she's like just Catwoman. It's like the whole duality of like yes. her trying to like Selena Kyle and like what she kind of turns into after she you know dies and comes back. Like there's a lot going on in that performance that probably doesn't get nearly as much credit as it should be given. Agreed. And and it feels it feels in the in the right area like where uh, Sigourney got nominated for Aliens, like that type of mm. nomination. I think that would have worked well. Yeah. Uh, it also by AFI was recognized as the. Well, not for 100 years of Heroes and Villains, Catwoman and Penguin were nominated for villains. And part of Empire's 2008 500 Greatest Films, it was number 401. Now, um, G, you're new to this category. You've never done this one before. But Leo and I rock out with, like, what's aged the best and what's aged the worst in the movie. And forgive me for some of the nonsense that I have for what's aged the worst. But, um, Leo, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) What do you got here? All right. Well, the first thing I have is abandoning babies and sores. That's great. That's age the best. <laughs> I think that's age worse. No, no, no. We're we're doing, no, we're doing best first. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's like, funny. Leo. The first thing is the the thing you both mentioned. I think the cover image to this movie is still super iconic. The three faces, yeah. and I think it's something Marvel still struggles at how to do a good cover <laughs> art for a movie. And this is they so really do. <laughs> they do, right? It's like yo, you don't even. It's just, whatever. It's, it's just like clutter. It's clutter. It's like it's just like, like throwing paint at a wall. Like yeah, exactly. there you go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like it's like little kids making collages at school. It's like ba 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 ba. But yeah, the cover image is a beautiful. The um, the score, Danny Elfman's. I think this is better than eighty nine score. Uh, it adds a, adds it, a lot. It expands it, it a lot. There's like all the strings and all this stuff. It really is like a. It, I think it's a beautiful, like a lot of it, beautiful pieces of music. Definitely, yeah. Oh, this it's funny. It's funny, G, because this has this, at times this reminds me of Scissorhands score when he throws, yeah, the, he throwing like the Ice Princess stuff in like the snow. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, the line, um, oh, the whole scene, the whole um scene between him and Selena at the at the yes. at the um at the, the whole mistletoe yeah. quote. Ah. Oh, Still dope. Um, the bat signal intro. Mm-hmm. That's great too. Five. I think the only only the Batman's um, the 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 narrating intro has been better. That's the only one that I think that's just as good as the Bruce looking over and seeing the bat signal light up. Mm-hmm. Um, the rubber ducky. The concept. Oh, I have so much. I have so much comment on the rubber ducky the concept. I think the concept of the concept of, of duality in a comic book film. Yes. Um, the Batmobile having a camera phone. <laughs> Can you imagine someone's like someone's walking by the Batmobile and his windows aren't tinted? And they're like, why is Bruce Wayne's butler just chilling on the on the on the on the FaceTime with Batman? Oh, Dave! I think you'll appreciate this one. the The master plan of making the world a giant icebox. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, and the um, and I think the the one the last thing I'll say is the the scene when the the trio meets in the street. Yes, I love so that it's like scene. Penguin oh, and Batman, oh, and then oh, Catwoman comes over. I think that intro is cool. Awesome. Uh, she flips over. <laughs> Gee, do you have anything here? Um, I what I thought was interesting about what has kind of could it age the best is uh, what it has to say about politics and stuff. It's mm-hmm. very much uh, what, what is going on today. Right. Uh, even like, you know, even just having someone like him, like the way that uh, Batman exposes uh, the penguin, like with that recording of what he says about like 
Gotham City or the the people of Gotham City is really no different from that like like grabbing them in the pussy thing that happened with Donald Trump. It's like very similar as yeah. things going on there. Um, I love uh, was it maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, like the opening like action sequence. It's really it's still really good and stand up. Um, I agree. I love the the Selena Kyle uh, uh, the reveal when they realize like oh like you're Batman and I'm. And you know it's crazy too because when you're watching me, when I mean, unless I was like not that smart when I was younger, I didn't pick up on that when I was a kid. I was like, I don't know why this is all weird now. But then, like, <laughs> when you watch it as an adult, oh yeah, like they had that moment, uh, and then like they're like, yeah, they, it's a really well done scene, and like yeah. and you could tell like for maybe a second, like she before that she was considering like I can give this kind of all up, and like he, like we, I, you can maybe make me happy, and then when she realizes that like oh no that this is it like there's no turning back for her now like i thought that was uh pretty interesting i actually like a lot of the the double entendres and jokes i don't know if they would work so well (laughs) (laughs) i think they're so funny but i honestly don't think they would age well today as no 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 (laughs) you mean like like i still like i chuckle like a little kid when like when he's like, there's somebody here to see you, and Catwoman's just laying on the bed, and he's just like, just the pussy. Yeah, I've been well, I to see. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> and it, it's not, and it's not just like the way he says it. It's like the walking over and the <laughs> the grunting. <laughs> I was just like, it's just so ridiculous. Um, I what I also like too, um, and I know like '89 had Nicholson, so that's why Jack Nicholson is at the forefront of that movie. But I kind of didn't feel like. They, even though you had two villains, I didn't think they took away too much from Batman in the scene. I think I thought for the most part it was pretty well balanced between the three, uh, which can be like kind of tricky because we've seen like you know the the ones after this like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin when there's too many of them, uh, it can get kind of chaotic. And I think like they use just enough of yeah. the villains. In this. I I also love that uh, the scene that you were talking about that begins with like you know their whole like fight and then like you know she flips over to him does like the whole and place explodes like those those scenes still really stand out um god God, also actually has another one where like he when he's like eating the the raw fish and i I think it's like the campaign late the lady that's that he wants to like help with the campaign and like uh uh, that don't i don't think that would work right anymore either and i think what and then with that one girl he's like trying to put the it's in the thing where he's trying to put the button on her the pin the pin oh that's like, so yeah, that's so rapey that's so <laughs> couldn't do that you couldn't do that now either and, and it's also again danny devito and he's like eh. he's like let me get it on there <laughs> it's so gross um but for the most part i think overall because like we talked about this on our episode there's something about this movie i think that has aged a bit better than the 89 one and that's only because I think like we were talking about like the Prince soundtrack in the 89 movie mm. that kind of guy that kind of puts it in a place where like oh yeah this is definitely like 1989 uh, I think that this one overall has aged the best of the two as far as like there's like a bit of a timeless quality to it I think yeah I always I always say that 89 and and Return have a like a timeless art deco to their production design yeah the only thing that makes 89 feel like it's in 1989 is what you said. It's Prince. 
I, I also think it's funny that like Gotham City looks very different <laughs> compared to what it looked like in the '89. Yeah, where's like where's the Monarch <laughs> Theater? We see it like 45 times in the first one, and there's like nowhere to be found. Really, in a very different location. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think every everything happens in Gotham Square, and then the the aquarium. It's like there's no yeah. other places in Gotham in this movie. I I agree. Like, um. All right. Yeah. All right. Great. All right. Cool. So, all right. Bear with me. Uh, what's age the best? The Attack of the Red Triangle Gang. I do like that. You start off pretty much with like not just an evil villain, but an evil villain's gang. Just it feels very much from a comic book. Uh, just Danny DeVito as Pingy. I think he's fantastic as a penguin. Um, the penguin's makeup, the green blood, all that good stuff. That's fantastic. Batman brooding. I just love the yes. fact that he's just hanging in there, you know, like what doing nothing but just sitting there staring at a wall. Uh, even though uh, it would pretty much let anyone know in the vicinity that he's Batman, the, the way that the bat signal triggers other signals to go into his. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Give me that shit, man. Um, Black turtlenecks. What's going on? In the way, man? <laughs> what did you say, G? It's like, what's going on at Wayne Manor? Why yeah. so many lights? <laughs> Wait, Dave, Dave, did you notice how, like, in, in Returns, you see that after he fights the, 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 the Red Triangle Gang in Gotham, the Batmobile goes across the bridge, and there's nothing across the bridge except for Wayne Manor. Yep. Like, I wonder what he's going there for. Um, black Turtlenecks, gotta, yes. gotta love that. Uh, Elfman score, you guys talked about it. Clowns have aged well. All pink everything. Um... <laughs> Hello there, <laughs> hello there signs. That was dope. Uh, the multiple villain trope. I think before that, before this movie, I think it hadn't been done very much, if at any, in a comic book film. Like the multiple villain. No, I think Superman had right. like Zod and his two henchmen. Two but henchmen. It wasn't like yeah. different. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Alfred as a DJ. With the custom CD. Yep. Right. Yep. The rope. Yeah. The use of the rubber ducky, because I feel like Warner's got their money's worth, because I feel like that duck is in more scenes than Batman sometimes in this movie. <laughs> and uh, like I mentioned before, uh, well, you guys mentioned before, the that scene in the, the Masquerade Ball. Oh, the Masquerade. Very interesting note that I took is the fact that everyone is dressed up in costumes and masks except Bruce Wayne and Selina, which is yeah. a great is a great look at their duality because they're real. That is their real mass. Who they really are is Batman and Catwoman. So I really, I really dug that. Um, the rubber ducky exploding through the floor at that, at that, <laughs> at that masquerade ball. Um, the fat clown that calls out Pingy for his plot to kill children. Got to give him a shout out because he's the only one that's like, yo, killing kids are <laughs> fucked up, man. His memory is like, isn't that a little bah? He's like, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> And that then, I, <laughs> and I and I gotta say, um, despite I don't think Ping, penguin should have killed kids, I do kind of feel bad, and it's aged really well. His death scene with those penguins just hop and just taking him and throwing him into the water, and it, I did like and the, the, the music. It's so good during that scene. Oh yeah, the score, the score is scene. really good. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> and as an owner of a stray, um, Bruce taking the stray cat at the end, I think that's like go for it, Bruce. I mean, I, I I was once one of those that hated cats, and now I I my best friend. So uh, <laughs> your cat, your oh, cat man, I love I, I love <laughs> ironic. His name is Bruce Wayne. So uh, yeah, I love I love that little guy. Uh, all right, what day's the worst, Leo? What do you got? 
All right, Penguin's way too rapey. <laughs> way too rapey. He's just way too rapey. Let's just put it. Let's put it out there. He's just way too rapey. Um, yeah. I, I, I love Devito as Penguin, but I don't know how I feel about this mutant human penguin being with black green blood. I think that was a little grotesquely weird. Um, like even if he was a human born with like flippers, like why is his blood different colors? Um, <laughs> The this this took Batman 1989's uh, homicide to a different level because oh, Batman man. not only is murdering people, he's smiling while he straps you to a bomb. Yeah. Um, the electrocution effects at the very end with Max Shrek. That's great. <laughs> oh, and I think Dave, you'll love this. Uh, the eye makeup continuity error. Oh, I have that, my friend. I have that. Yeah. All right, G. Do you got anything here? Um, I'm gonna double down on the penguin being rapey thing, and I just I kind of wonder <laughs> I kind of wonder if this came out in like the post Me Too movement, like how that would be perceived in a mainstream movie like this. I mean, like of course we can look at the movie now because it came out in '92 and be like, oh, like we're thinking about it in that lens a bit. But like I I would love to see the reaction to it if it was a new movie that came out this weekend and then that was what was on display. Oh I yeah. I don't think it would I don't think it would go over well like at all. I kind of agree. I mean, I like the look of the penguin, but I kind of agree. Like, 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 I don't necessarily like the kind of going too with how he looks. Um, and I'm sure Burton did that. Like, that was like a lot of his idea, and like, you know, really wanting to make him like as like, you know, very, very, very. So you would know that he was very different from everyone else, uh, and that would make it stand out a bit. Um, but yeah, I, the. I mean, Danny DeVito, the way he plays it, is already, you know, kind of gross enough that I didn't think that, like, you necessarily needed more, like, makeup effects like that to make it even more <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of, like, what seems to be, like, uh, life-size. They look like life-size penguins. I don't, I don't know how penguins are, how big they're supposed to be, but they look like little men <laughs> walking around the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like, like I was, I was like, I don't, I, dude, they, they don't get that big, do they? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, a lot. Of, I mean, I can think of a lot that didn't really age like poorly, except for like the rapey stuff. Oh uh, yeah, and like I said earlier, like that, like I said, like the politics stuff still rings true. So like that, 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 the fact that that's still like relevant today, uh, it kind of says something. For but sure. yeah, the penguin man, the, the like kind of going too far with the the double entendres and the touching and the noises. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, may, I don't it would not fly at all. I may have to. I remember, t- I remember there's ahead. one joke he makes that I didn't understand when I was a little kid. Until now, as an adult, I watch it when he's like after he bites the guy's nose and like the girl's like nursing him. She's like, um, I think Shrek says something about filling a void, and he's like, yes. Oh yeah, fill, fill her void. Her void. I didn't know. <laughs> And then doesn't he say something about teaching her his like rich like flipper trick? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so bad. <laughs> so I I, I kind of went overboard here, but apo- apologies in advance here. All right, what day is the worst for me? The, a tree lighting ceremony in Gotham City, aka New York City, with twenty people. If twenty people showed up at Rockefeller Center for a tree lighting ceremony in one year, they wouldn't do it again. <laughs> um, Arctic World, a winter That's amusement so park. True. Wait, what? What happened? G? It's so true. <laughs> no, I'm like, 
I didn't think about that. There, was, there aren't that many people <laughs> at this like big tree lighting ceremony. <laughs> it's like I mean I I, I I love I love the movie, but it's like. And obviously, a lot of this stuff is just jokey nitpicks. But come on, man! I see Rockefeller. We see Rock- Leo. You and I see Rockefeller Center every year. If there was twenty people there, that's like a, something must have happened in New York that day that there's not more than like a hundred people there. Um, it's true. Like I mentioned, Arctic World, like a, a winter amusement park. I don't know how that would work. Um, all right, you, I hope you guys co-sign this. Alfred remaining employed at Wayne Manor after letting Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Did Vicky Vale tell anyone who Batman is? Why is he still employed? <laughs> no. I love that he calls him out on it, though. They come out for it. Like, it's like uh, the Bruce Wayne in this one is a bit more funny, and he has a bit more like mm-hmm. he's a, not quippy, but he has more of a sense of humor. And I love that they point that out because you know that was like I think that was a big thing for people when they saw the '89 one. They're like, why? Why he just let her up in there? With no rhyme or reason. Like, there was no, like, maybe there was a cut scene where, like, she was like, I know it's him. Just take me down there. Like, whatever. But no, there's not. It's just like, here, here you are, Miss Bill. <laughs> here he is. <laughs> uh, this is strange. This next one is strange. 40-year-old paper boys. That paper boy that sold Alfred a paper at the beginning of the movie. Oh, shoot. Like, I, I, I think you should have, like, a career by now. Not be a paper boy. And, uh, then, uh, and, then, and then Alfred yeah. tries to talk him out of selling newspapers or yes. something, too. Yes. Uh, Batman shading Commissioner Gordon when Commissioner Gordon talks to him after the Red tri- Triangle again, he's like completely shades him out. Um, I guess cats being evil, cats bringing people back from the dead. This is key. <laughs> Executive assistant salaries in New York City in 1992 because there is no way she's affording that apartment without a roommate. That's true. Um, and let's think about this. The security cards take home three hundred dollars, right? That's what they said. We take yes. three hundred, and she called them overpaid. So how much is she getting paid? Probably like two fifty a month, yeah. something <laughs> like that. Uh, well, you guys mentioned it before. The pervy penguin, uh, the penguin bumping into a headstone while walking to see your parents, and the headstone moves. That's like a nice. That's a nice uh, <laughs> a blooper. Uh, no elite sidekick for the penguin, like Bob the Goon was for the, for the Joker. Would have loved like a little henchman that reminds me of Bob the Goon. Uh, Catwoman's origin. I, I I don't like like she just dies and cats bring her back to life. That's something. Uh, you guys talked about Batman killing everybody. No Billy D is Harvey Dent. Uh, Batman removing his cow like ricotta cheese. Um, <laughs> a, a plot to a plot to become mayor of Gotham, which is only surpassed by a plot to kill children. And yeah, that's that's what I got. Alrighty, let's get into some of our awards here. The Joe Spinell, that guy award. I went with Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon. It was going to be Michael <laughs> Go, but it has to be Pat Hingle for me. Leah, what do you got here? So I actually went deep on this one. The organ grinder henchman. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He's in like horror yeah. movies, right? Yeah, he, so I, I remember him from Ghost because he was on the train. <laughs> Get off my train. <laughs> What about you, G? Who do you got here? So the guy who plays uh, Christopher Walken's son, I think it's Andrew. I, uh, I can't pronounce his last yes. name. It's like Baranarski. Uh, so he's in he's in Higher Learning. He plays a skinhead in Higher Learning, and I always surprised when he pops up. But he also uh, he was Leatherface in like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and uh, the prequel. Oh, as interesting. Well. Oh, that's so cool. I'm always, yeah, so I'm always surprised that like when I because he doesn't really look like he does like now, <laughs> like in in like the in Batman Returns, they, they have this kind of like his look is almost like a, 
Donald Trump Jr. s kind of clean. Yep. Very much, very, yeah. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, I'm always like, I'm like, oh yeah, because like he was a scary good skinhead in higher learning. And then I, I remember that period where he played Leatherface. He like really like in interviews and stuff. He just loved playing that character. He got really really into it. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I always like. All right, next up, the Al Martino Miscast Award. I maybe a hot take because none of us talked about him in any of the uh, of the age, best, and worst. But I'm I'm gonna go with Christopher Walken as Max Shrek because when I'm doing my research for the podcast, I found out Dev- David Bowie was previously considered to play who was previously considered to play the Joker in the first film was in contention to play Max Shrek, but he declined to do Twin Peaks. Gotta love that he did Twin Peaks, but I would have loved <laughs> I would have loved to see David Bowie as as Max Shrek. So I'm I'm going with Christopher Walken here. Leo, what do you got here? So I went Max Shrek too, because it's funny just because like some it just if he feels off. <laughs> um I think he's in a fantastic role, but I can't think of who I want to cast him for. I just figured I want someone that has natural white hair and not like the dye <laughs> fake white eyebrows. So I went with Alan Alda as a possible Back okay. For, for Gee, what do you got here? Or did I give you this one? So, uh, yeah. Well, I well, I Christopher Walken too, but this was hard because like I think he's, I mean, I, Christopher Walken's hard for him to be bad, but like it's very much like Christopher Walken. It was like Tim Burton was like, just you know, just do you. <laughs> that's what he did. <laughs> uh, that's what you. That's what he kind of did. And I'm trying to think. I couldn't think of like who else could really like play him during that. Uh, time period i i just i just felt like out of all the people in that movie he's the one that seems the most out of place even though he has some like funny moments and some funny lines like i love when like they're at the uh at, uh, at that scene towards the end where they're at the ball or whatever and then michael uh, bruce wade is going into this whole thing about like basically he's gonna expose this that, and then like he's just so annoyed with him he just goes oh yawn and then walks away <laughs> like he doesn't want to listen to him it's like signature, like Christopher Walken. But yeah, I can't think of. I mean, the Alan Elder one is pretty good. I, I I can't think of anyone else I would want yeah. to play it though. But I do feel like he is out of place. Yeah, compared I, to everyone else. Totally agree. Uh, so next up, the Deadlift Shrimp Six Man of the Film Award Best Supporting Player, Leo. I think you won't. I'm gonna go first here because I probably will be the only one here because I do feel he's more support, supporting the lead, Michael Keaton. Ooh. Because I think he didn't get top billing. Yeah, I know he got top billing in this one, and I'm I still I don't even feel he's the lead. But uh, it's because I wanted to give someone love in the next category. So yeah, I went with Michael Keaton here. Who do you got? Uh, for six man, actually, yeah. I went Danny Elfman. I think that score. I think okay. without that score, I think it elevates the movie. I think there's certain films where just like that score, the music, it makes an impact on it. And it takes it to a whole different level. Um, and just like you guys called out, even like that scene where Penguin's dead and like the little Paul Bear penguins are taking him down. <laughs> like without that score, it doesn't hit quite as well. So I put Danny Elfman as my six man. Awesome. What about you, G? What do you got here? Uh, I went with uh, I went with Danny DeVito only because I I mean I know he's not like uh, like, like you were saying that Michael Keaton feels like he's kind of supporting here, but I mean I'm just I'm just basing it on like you know. Michael Keaton is like oh yeah for sure movie. yeah no no no, no, no. Yeah. Um, and I, I like I, like we mentioned before when you mentioned like the Razzie Award and stuff I was like I just don't think people got it mm-hmm. or didn't understand it and I think over time like you actually can see the way people talk about the movie now I think his performance is like kind of highly regarded now from people who have watched it um, 
And I and like we talked about like Michelle Pfeiffer going all in, but like him also one hundred percent, one hundred percent dedicated to uh, embodying this character because like it couldn't have been like an easy task to like really like do a lot of the things that he was doing. Um, but you know, I kind of wish I do wish he got more credit at the time for it. But you know, like most things, like a lot of things, you know, down the line you learn to appreciate it. And I think that's what has kind of happened with him. Yeah, for, the, for for sure. And next up. Uh... Shout out to Shauna Waldron, who I met this weekend at at this con I went to. The Becky O'Shea Icebox MVP of the Film Award. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. I think it's I think it's I think easily <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got to look at I got to look at the I, I'm going to look at later, but the Oscar year that year. I wonder if she could have won supporting that year. That's an interesting. But yeah, she's incredible in that. And then uh, this should be an interesting one. Peaks and Valleys. I'm going to go last because I have a few things here. Uh, <laughs> Leo, what do you got for Peaks? Uh, for Peaks, uh, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of a hot take because I know she was nominated for awards too, but I put Michelle Pfeiffer as Peaks um, because it's this is still, <laughs> it's, this is still what she's hot known take, most man. for. She's still known for being Catwoman more than any of the other projects don't she's tell, done. Don't tell Jenny that. She'll just tell you Grease too. And then I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm glad Jenny's not on the episode right now. <laughs> but uh, all right, cool. Uh, Gee, yeah. what do you got here? This one was hard <laughs> because like, they've all been successful. Well, not all of them. Yeah. But, like the leads have <laughs> been virtually successful. Now I was trying to look at the supporting people, and I was like, I can't really go with a lot of them. Like I'm not gonna say Pat Engel. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, God, I I will say Danny DeVito only because I, I mean I know he has like all, almost Sunny. I guess that's what he's kind of known for. Yeah. But I think I, after this though, like I was trying to think of like, like what other like I think he had he twins had, like, after like, this. No, nah, twins is before like, this. Before. So yeah, I was like trying to think of like hit movies and stuff that he did after this, and I couldn't really think of like I mean any that were. Like, I mean, G G was it Junior? He had Junior. Uh, junior, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> so, so actor, so actor-wise, I also went Danny DeVito, but I had a few things here. Is this the peak for umbrellas in movies? Because the Penguins <laughs> umbrella collection is elite. Um, I also have. <laughs> is this the peak for turtlenecks, Leo? Oh, it's. I mean, Diane Keaton is doing her best to keep them relevant in all her movies, but I think so. <laughs> that is true. Right. All right, Leo. Here's another one. Is this the peak? For hello there signs. <laughs> now, I don't know much. Those Instagram models are trying the hardest to keep those relevant. All right, here we go. Is this the peak for knitting your own supervillain suit? She did a damn good job. Yeah, like it's <laughs> perfect. Job. And she does it like in about six minutes, so which is which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and, 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 with, what she, and with what she has, it doesn't look like it would make a full outfit. But <laughs> like, like, whatever. <laughs> um, Leo, is this the peak for cats in movies? For cats in movies? Yeah. What? <laughs> Probably. Uh, the only damn. thing. The only one yeah. I remember is in Breakfast in Tiffany's, where she uh, Aubrey Hepburn just drops a cat in the alley, and then she get, finds him at the end of the movie. That's literally. That's it's, all. I've... It's. It's sad because I would say, oh, but the movie Cats came after this, yeah, but we don't want to go there. That we don't want to go there. <laughs> um, and finally, Leo, is this the peak for Rubber Duckies? Oh, it's got to yes. be. It's got to be. Man. <laughs> that that classic part of Americana never made it to higher grounds than this. For sure. All right. And for Valleys, I'll run through mine quick. I have dark comic book films. Uh, I have Michael Keaton as Batman. 
since we're going to hopefully get him, whether on HBO Max or whatever happens with that. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, that's my yeah, <laughs> Who would have thought after all these years, the villain that Batman can't beat is freaking Flash. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Christmas movies at Jace, meaning like, Yes. We had Die Hard, but I think this is another one that you can consider a Christmas movie. And finally, Executive Assistance. They've had a good, they've had a good run since 1992. All right, what, what do you? What do you got, Leo? Uh, so it's weird, but for my valley, I put I put Christopher Walken because I forget. Catch me if you can. This, I can't forget he's Catch even in this yeah. movie. That's true, but yeah, I think he had catch me if you can't. So actually, no, that does make sense. He does. I think he's a good valley here. All right, G, what do you got here? Um, I actually had dark comic films as well, uh, just because like it's cool that we continue to get them. And like this is even though this is a dark comic movie in a very different Tim Burton esque way, <laughs> uh, definitely uh, I agree with that. Awesome. Um, and also, um, Michael King. I mean, it's Michael King's career after this is interesting because, like, kind of like had a, he had a lull, right? Like in the mid nineties, late nineties, I guess early two thousands. Yeah. And then, and then when he came back, he came back in a big way. It was just like it wasn't like he was hurting for work anymore. Like he was, you know, getting nominated for Oscars and he just like spotlight. And then, like more most recently, I don't know if you guys watched Dope Sick, Dope but Sick, he was great. Yeah. Loved it. And loved yeah. It. And then, like now, it's all coming full circle. Like you said, with him coming with back. Batman. Batman, and it's like it's really cool to see. I just hope it doesn't get ruined by who shall not be named. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, you're right, though. I, I just pulled up his Wikipedia real quick after after Batman Returns. He did much to do about nothing. My life, the paper, which I do like the paper. Speechless. I haven't seen that. Multiplicity. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Brown. Desperate Measures. Jack Frost. A Shot of Jack. Glory. Quicksand. First Daughter. White noise. I remember wh- being a horror fan. The trailer, the trailer so for White Noise good. is really good. The trailer is really good. The I, movie, not so much. Man, <laughs> this is before I knew what press screenings or anything of like that was. I was just a freshman in college, so I'm like, man, this movie looks so good. And then I saw it, I'm like, this movie stinks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then he did Her- Herbie Fully Loaded. Good <laughs> Lily Lohan one? Yeah. Game oh, six, which I do want to see. It's a very interesting movie about uh, the Chicago Cubs. It, I think that's that has really good reviews. Then he starts picking it up. He did uh, Toy Story 3. He was Ken. And then he did that RoboCop remake. Uh, oh, he I, did. I forgot he was in that. And then he did the Need for Speed adaptation. And then here we go. So he did Birdman, which he should have won the Oscar for. Uh, Spotlight. The Founder, which I think he should have been nominated for the Oscar. He was really good in that. Homecoming. American Assassin, which is not as bad as people make it out to be, in my opinion. He did Worth. Uh, no, he did Dumbo, but whatever. Oh, he, uh, did, he did the other guys. Didn't he? he did the other guys. Oh, yes, he did do the other guys. Sorry, I meant that. <laughs> Missed that. Uh, he did Trial of Chicago 7. He did the protege, and Damn. are we going to count Morbius, G? <laughs> <laughs> he does make an appearance. I'm going I'm 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 to cut him some slack and say he doesn't count for that. Uh, but we don't right. know if that was Michael Keaton. All we know is that was someone in the Vulture costume. That is true. He just had, he just had to do ADR. That was yeah. <laughs> um, all righty, so let's finish up. I have some trivia before, some fun facts before we end it for the day. 
Uh, number one, Bridges Meredith, who played Penguin on Batman 66 and in the movie, in the original Batman movie, was actually asked to play Penguin's father. But Oh, that would have been dope. But he was sick and he couldn't do it. That would have been cool. We got Pee Wee Herman. That would have been cool. I thought this story was. I thought this. I thought this story was gonna go blasted Danny DeVito's performance. <laughs> <laughs> we know Paul Rubens ended up being um, Penguin's father on Gotham too. How did that go? Because Gotham, you know how I feel about Gotham. No, so that that. So I'll be honest. The one highlight I remember oh, I love, I love was um R- Ruben Lord Taylor, Robin Lord Taylor's performance as Penguin was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Paul Rubens looks more like Robin Lord Taylor than he did uh, mutant Danny DeVito. Interesting. Alrighty, yeah. next up on biography, Catwoman, Her Many Lives. Michelle Pfeiffer said that her Catwoman costume was vacuum sealed. Once she would fit it into it for scenes, she could uh, only perform for a short amount of time before she would have to remove it because she could become lightheaded and pass out. Like, that's dedication. Damn. That is dedication. Uh, next up, in 2007, uh, they asked her if she ever felt nostalgic uh, and put on the cat suit to amuse her husband, uh, David E. Kelly. Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer stated that once filming was over, she never wanted to see that costume again as long as she lived. <laughs> I don't blame her. I do not blame her. <laughs> and David E. Kelly was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. She looks great. She could probably still fit into it. Well, you know, they, they asked her, like, with the, they were like, oh, with all this like multiverse stuff going on, would you be open to like taking that role again? And she was like, if the script was good and like the idea was good, I would she would be open oh, to it. Oh, I would love that. Right, yeah. Oh, I would like, love she's that. Not a, it seems like she's very proud of it. Like she's, it's not something that she like. She should, man. That. She's so good. She should be, man. Yeah, I like if you need to be proud of yourself, right? Like, even if you think the movie is like whatever, like she knows she was great. And I know a lot of people <laughs> say the fabulous Baker Boys is her best performance. I haven't seen that. But I, I can't imagine this isn't up there for, for a lot of people. Uh, next up, uh, neither Tim Burton or Michael Keaton had been signed in advance for a sequel. Burton came on board after the script met all his requirements. And then Keaton only agreed based on the salary that I mentioned before. Um, next up. Oh, man, this is this is a tough take. Superstars like Bandana, Cher, and Demi Moore wanted the role of Catwoman. Uh, Tim Burton. Demi Moore. Maybe, maybe, maybe more. Share would be the worst out of the three, right? Yeah, yeah really, bad. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Uh, Tim Byrne actually cast before um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Benning to play yeah. Catwoman, but she was pregnant and had to drop out from the role. Did uh, you guys see the, the original sketches to the original Catwoman costume they were going to use no, for Ed Benning? How did it look? Bro, it was like a bra, like um, brazier type thing. It was way more revealing. So and it had a little cape on it. So Halle Berry, <laughs> yeah, that outfit, yeah. Um, this is more for the sneakerhead here. Uh, Batman doesn't wear boots in this movie. They're Air Jordan infrared sixes. So I'm so glad you brought it up. I was I was trying to look to see what kind of shoes they were. Yeah, fantastic. A Penguin action figure based on his comic book counterpart was released as part of Kenner's lines of figures based on the film. As Danny DeVito's image of the character was deemed too scary for kids. The figure, in fact, was a repaint of the Penguin action figure released in the 1980s. And I have that figure. Yes, it does not look like Danny DeVito at all. Um, Next up, Tim Byrne and Michael Keaton preferred this film to the first one. Keaton said that the sequel spoke to me more. And he greatly enjoyed (laughs) Philby. This is the... And I got top billing. Seriously. (laughs) This is is the... (laughs) 
<laughs> this is the only sequel to one of his own films that Tim Burton has ever directed. Ooh. I I always thought he directed the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, but I I was huh. Is it crazy the interview guy like because you're talking about like the sequel stuff like you know he wasn't signed on and Tim Burton wasn't signed on? Is it crazy you guys that that wasn't even like they even considered like a possibility like oh I want to do another one like I like Michael Keaton one. So I mean I, I guess it makes sense. I think it correlates with like my original thought on '89 is like I consider it like the most important comic book film of all time for the risk the studio took to like let's just market the fuck out of this, and yeah. I think they yeah. still wanted to see if they could make their money back and profit off it before they signed everyone else back for sequels. Now that would never happen. Studios just have the confidence and they give you like a five picture deal or whatever. Harry um, Potter rules, baby. Harry Potter rules. Yes. You lock them in. <laughs> Um, both of those are gonna say great, yeah. So, Brooke Shields was considered for the role of Catwoman as well. Ew. Yeah, I mean, nothing against there. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that was really mean. Sorry, Brooke Shields. I didn't mean to, like, go, like, <laughs> this one makes sense in terms of like how big she was, but I wouldn't have liked her either. Lorraine Bracco was also considered for the role of Catwoman, but she turned the role down to do Medicine Man. I don't know what Medicine Man is, so oh, she probably regrets it. Yep. In an early version of the script, Max Shrek was discovered to be the Penguin's younger brother. The original idea was going to explain why there was a revenge subplot where the Penguin wanted to kidnap the firstborn sons of Gotham because he was cast out by his own parents while Max was allowed to live a life of decadence. I kind of like that. I wish they kind of would have done that. It would have probably made uh, the whole Max Shrek of it all be a little better. That would have made that I would make that connection a lot better. Uh, four more here. Dustin Hoffman was originally the first choice to play the Penguin, but he declined. Here are some other people that were considered, and they there's no way Warner Brothers would have gotten some of these guys. Marlon Brando. <laughs> what? I mean, he was fat. He was fat at the time. He was like fat Brando by then. Yeah. Uh, he, he was side. John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Dean Martin, Alan Rickman, Phil Collins, Ben Kingsley, John Goodman, <laughs> Christopher Lee, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Alex Rocco. And Christopher Lloyd were all considered before Danny De- Danny DeVito got it. I was waiting for Joe Pesci's name. I was like, "What? Oh, come on!" Yeah. <laughs> I think Hoskins. I think Hoskins would have been fun too. I think Hoskins would have been cool. Yeah, I guess I can see that. He was too busy filming Super Mario Brothers, which came out the following year. <laughs> that's that, that's gonna be. <laughs> and then the giant rubber duck i always thought this was the first appearance and it actually was used in a com- in the new adventures of batman 1977 episode <laughs> it's titled Wait, with, with with penguin yeah so the giant rubber duck was used was actually first seen in the new adventures of batman episode the new adventures of batman reading writing and wrong going two decades earlier yo i got to i got to look for that on youtube and then tim burton Went around 24 minutes when Selena comes home to her apartment and turns on the answering machine. That's actually Burton's voice on the second. The one that breaks the date, that's that's uh, Tim Burton. And finally, the final shot of the film in which Catwoman is seen looking at the bat signal was added as a reshoot. Literally weeks after the film, uh, literally a few weeks before the film opened, the shot had to be filmed on a weekend less than a day after conception with a double for Michelle Pfeiffer. That one shot cost $250,000. Damn, Jesus. I and it's very interesting. I mean, they did what they didn't do in Batman. They set up a sequel with, with or a, sta- a spinoff with Catwoman, which I would have loved, loved to have seen. 
That's yeah. an anti anti uh, hero movie. I would have liked to see Leo. Yes. Well, <laughs> tell Sony that. <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert: Catwoman Not loves funny. cats. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so that wraps up, that wrap that wraps up everything for this week. This is a fun one, guys. Uh, G, before you go, plug your shit. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, <laughs> on Instagram there's uh, still G real, so G underscore R E E L Z, and then I'm a morning news editor over at Jillbo.com. So any anything that goes up between four in the morning. Pacific Standard Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is me, and then uh, I also write for their like uh, YouTube original series, like "What the Fuck Happened in This Movie" and the best horror movie you never saw. They're all uh, Joe Blow original YouTube channel, and then uh, we also have a podcast called "Back to the Blockbuster" that Dave was on for our Friday the 13th episode. Um, I have so much respect, more respect for because doing this stuff. Uh, since November, it, it's not easy, and scheduling is always like an issue, and then finding guests is an issue, and then keeping it interesting week to week is an issue. But I'm also having a lot of fun doing it, so like that's been a real pleasure, like kind of getting all that out there now. And so I, but I just have like a lot of respect for like what you guys have been doing with uh, Real Chronicles, like from the start, and not with a huge team behind you. So yeah, I doing it myself now. I it, it, I see how like. <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a it's a process, but it also is really cool because I get to meet so many cool new people too. Like when we get to reach out for people to be guests on the show and stuff. Like I, you know, I've I talk to certain people like almost every day that I've never met in person, but I've talked to them on stuff like this. So like it's a really interesting kind of world to be in, but it's been a lot of fun so. Yeah, I, I thanks, and I agree. Like the podcasting has always been fun because you get to just meet so many different voices and get their opinions on everything. Leo, as always. Yeah. You'll be back one day. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Hopefully the cards are, are get us back on the air together. Yeah, um, I think the, only, the only thing for me is just uh, congr- uh, welcome to the world to Connor and uh, Dean. Yes, Suspin. yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Ryan, you're not here with us, but we love you. Very happy for you and Casey on the twins. Um and uh, yeah, very happy for my wife too. I'm gonna be a dad too. In, yeah, in six, there in it six is. months. Um, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. And uh, so it's December, right? December 16th, she's due. Oh, I I'm born December 17th. That's so funny. That's so it's funny. Like right around in there. <laughs> I will. Uh, I've already started a Google Doc with the movies at what age she will be watching. So I have penciled in The Godfather at age six. So I'm hoping that uh. That- <laughs> don't let that leak <laughs> <laughs> for sure his nine year old son Dave where 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 on the spreadsheet is uh, her introduction to the rapey penguin not at age six <laughs> <laughs> um, I may do that I haven't I don't have that listed yet I kind of just went on like Batman 89 Star Wars the Godfather kind of like my top 15 films of all time type of thing. Nice. Um, nice. I, 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 the difficult one was heat. <laughs> Cause he, he, well, there's a lot. <laughs> heat's, heat's my number 12 right now. Favorite film of all time. And I'm like, I don't know like what HQ is going to do. Like when I put on like Al Pacino and he's like, cause she's got a great ass and you got your head <laughs> on the way up it. 
she she might just walk out and go back to play with her toys and shit. She's like, Dad, I'm never gonna I don't ever show me Al Pacino ever again. But uh but yeah <laughs> but yeah, as always, you can find me at Real Real Talk Inc. Uh, you can find my work obviously on RealTalkInc.com. Uh you can check out my profile on Ron Tomatoes. And until next time, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.